0: I don't need to read the, all the textbooks about it. I just pull up the information that I need to fix it at the
1: time. Yeah, but still be careful, Anna.
0: My name is Alan Smithson, your host for the XR for Business podcast, where we interview industry leaders who are either making or using immersive virtual, augmented and mixed reality solutions for business. From marketing and sales to logistics and training to design and remote collaboration, learn how the world's largest organizations are implementing an XR for business strategy and why you should too. Today's guest is Benjamin DeWitt, founder and director of VR Days Festival in Amsterdam. VR Days is a three-day conference and exhibition on virtual augmented and mixed reality content, creativity and innovation. Expect a compelling range of keynotes expert sessions, workshops, and seminars with over 140 expert speakers from the worlds of health, tech, business, and the arts. Benjamin has a goal to mobilize and unite great minds from various backgrounds and from different realms of society with seemingly unrelated objectives that all share the belief that developments in VR and AR will have a profound impact on the world we live in. Reality is an algorithm, a mixture of so many people ideas, cultures, and so on, and the new digital virtual augmented reality will be no different. Join Benjamin and the incredible speakers at the XR Industry Leaders at VR Days Europe, November 13th to 15th, 2019 in Amsterdam. To learn more about VR Days Europe, visit vrdays.co, v-r-d-a-y-s dot co. Benjamin, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, Alan. Thanks for having me.
0: It's my absolute pleasure. It has been one of the, the things that I've really wanted to do is interview on this show because you have seen so much uh, virtual and augmented reality through your through your company and through VR Days. Uh, I really want to just explore the things you've seen, um, the people you've met, and the, the keynotes that have presented. So let maybe just give people an understanding of
1: what it is like to be at VR Days in Amsterdam. Uh, well, VR Days is a... It's it's a lot of people coming together that built the industry for many years. It's where all the people in the industry come to meet each other. It's also where you can have great creative experiences, but also uh, lots of um, educational sessions on topics in business, art, uh, science and healthcare. So it's really a joyful, creative and festive experience uh, with a lot of educational and uh, in-depth knowledge that's that's being shared.
0: So let me ask you a question: What is something that you learned at the last VR days that you didn't know before that kind of blew your mind?
1: What blew my mind was the uh, was a keynote of uh, Louis Derung. He is he works at MindMaze, the, the Swiss company, and he is a guy that, that had a severe accident where he lost his arms and was burned all over his body. And he talked about how meditation and the use of VR helped him overcome these uh, excruciating pains and how VR could be a relief in in such a a terrible situation. So that was one of the things I really picked up on. And this is also why this topic, the pain and the suffering, is a big topic again this
0: year. Pain management using virtual reality has well been documented, you know, showing decreases in opioid usage and decreases in pain scores across the board. It's more than just a distraction therapy. And I think it's going to be really important as we move forward. This is uh, one of many medical uses. We talk a lot about business applications in the show, but I know the medical applications are just, I mean, every day I open my, my newsletter and there's another medical application
1: what are some of the ones that you saw that were like, wow, they, they never thought of that? Well, so there's in the therapeutic realm, there's many. I think I should have one to relieve me from my uh, vertical because I really need it. So that, that's super interesting. But last year we also had this was also about embodiment in VR, how you can use VR to really become someone else, but also sort of become a second version of yourself. And there were many psychological improvements for yourself to be made using this uh, virtual embodiment. And there was um, a very interesting piece by Courtney Cockburn. She's from uh, Columbia University, and she worked together with Jeremy Bailenson of Stanford. And she made this project called Death by a Thousand Cuts. Look it up if you have time. But this this particular VR piece is made for white men, middle age, so between uh, 40 plus. So I fit uh, the profile. Where you would, uh, in VR, you would become a teenage black boy. First kindergarten, then in middle school, and then in uh, high school. And he would go on the street, he would be arrested by, uh, by police. Of course, you're aware of the situation that, you know, the, the racial bias, which is everywhere. Reconfirming how important it is that stories like that are being told. The year before, I had... Uh, was also by Jeremy Bailenson, where you had a VR experience, sort of a game where you would, from having a normal job, someone who's paying the rent, and, to losing the job, to selling the, the items in your house, to not being able to pay the rent anymore, to sleeping in your car, to being picked up by the police because you're sleeping in your car. It's just this whole cycle. And to do something like that in VR is really powerful. Indeed. You've talked about embodiment
0: and being able to live in somebody else's shoes using this technology. It's wonderful. And I've noticed that some companies are actually starting to use virtual reality for personal, like HR training on how to better understand the workforce. Have you seen any businesses start to roll this out or people working on this specifically for the HR sector or...
1: I read a couple of articles about that lately, about the uh, application of uh, VR in HR. I think this is something new on the horizon. I am researching it. I have not seen the applications, though. I know that Skip Rizzo at the University of Southern California has been using virtual humans and virtual agents more in a sort of medical setting uh, with this project BraveMind. That was more VR. Now they're sort of extending this to augmented reality where you would sit across a person being interviewed. This was more a medical setting, but you can easily see this in an HR setting. And then there was MICA, which is a project by Magic Leap, which is also a human, a virtual assistant. And I think they're also working on using this in a more HR setting.
0: How was MICA? I'm really intrigued with that because here's an avatar in augmented reality that is AI driven and can answer questions. And to me, this kind of holds a little bit of a personal thing because, as you know, my goal is to create a new education system for the world using these technologies. And the first thing that we started thinking about was 20 years from now, kids are going to grow up with a pair of glasses and they're going to have a virtual assistant. Maybe it's a teddy bear when they're young. Maybe it grows into, you know, their favorite movie character when they get older, and then maybe it's uh, just a friend like Micah and is able to answer all their questions instantly about school, about friends, about mindfulness and really coach them. Imagine having a virtual assistant coach that was always on, ready ready to answer any of your questions and didn't have any judgments. It's really incredible opportunities here.
1: It is. It, it's, it's mind-boggling. Yeah. Um, you know, at the same time, uh, so so so, Mica was really interesting. Uh, she couldn't speak at Sundance, uh, where I saw her. I just came back from Tribeca Film Festival. There was this project called Wolves in the Walls, a VR project where you would have also a a, a character which relates to you, which talks to you, and they also use the word. AI when they say, uh, when they talk about this character. Then there was this talk by VR pioneer Yaron Lanier, who said, yeah, VR of AI doesn't exist. It's nothing. And he said, stay clear of anything that has to do with AI. You know, there's no human there. So... I think it's interesting. AI, it can help you with a lot of stuff. I also like that Google sometimes helps, helps me write my emails and takes out the mistakes I make. And these virtual characters and these virtual humans, yeah, mind-boggling. Super interesting. It really is. But there's also the, the ethical question. Yes. Or many.
0: I, I just looked up while we were talking. There's a company in the States called Tailspin, T-A-L-E-S-P-I-N. And they're bringing virtual human training scenarios for employers and employees to increase their interpersonal connections and communication skills, basically training soft skills, interviewing skills and stuff like that. I thought that was really neat. They say Tailspin is building virtual human technology, AI-driven characters to design and look and act like humans. Wow. (laughs) Yes. What a world we live in.
1: That's actually a thing. (laughs) And what world will we live in in the future, and uh, will our children live in? And I think that's, for me, that's that's the most exciting part. You know, we are now creating this new reality. This is the we're laying the groundwork of this new, new reality, this virtual reality.
0: Last week, I did a presentation online in Switzerland. The whole presentation was on artificial intelligence and brain-computer interfaces. Uh, Brain-computer interfaces are when you basically take either signals from the brain to control VR or control electronic things. Maybe you want to control a robot or type an email, whatever you want to do, but just using your brain power. The second part of that is it's nice to take the information from your brain and create action from there. But what about putting information into your brain? And I know um, Elon Musk has invested in a company called Neuralink where Neuralink allows you to basically connect right into the brain. In my prediction is that we'll have a little chip that gets embedded into our brain, and we can then from there hijack all of the senses, not just visual and maybe haptics, but scent and auditory. What are your thoughts on that craziness?
1: <laughs> I don't know, man. its
0: It sounds a bit scary. That was my whole talk was, here's something that could happen. You're walking down the street and you start smelling cookies and you're like oh i smell faint smell of cookies and as you get closer to starbucks the cookie smell gets more and more but it's not really there you're not really smelling the cookie smell it's all from a computer chip embedded in your brain it's crazy to think that these things are going to be very very possible in a short amount of time
1: yeah yeah that's that's outlandish <laughs>
0: <laughs> i know but these are the things we need to consider you mentioned ethics and yeah I sit on the IEEE Ethics uh, Committee, and some of the ideas are, are very out there and outlandish, but some are actually pretty straightforward. One of the things that came up was just the simple act of serendipity. If I'm wearing glasses and I'm not paying attention to the world around me, what happens to just serendipitous meetings of humans? Yeah, Maybe you would never bump into that girl of your dreams or whatever because you're in your digital world. And I spent all day yesterday wearing the North AR glasses. I've had them for about a month now and I've never really used them all day. And I spent the whole day wearing them. And I kind of got used to it. I was like, man, this is really neat. I was waiting for an Uber and I didn't have to take my phone out to check where the Uber was. It just pulled up a little display and it it wasn't obtrusive. It wasn't in my face all the time. I just, when I pressed the ring, the information got there to my face. So It's getting interesting to see the different types of these technologies. And if you look at it from a business standpoint, companies are seeing dramatic savings and profits being made from this technology. Now, mind you, it's only early days and people are just proving these concepts. But Macy's, for example, is seeing a 45% average increase in sales using VR versus not VR.
1: They may come and talk about that at VR days, I tell
0: you. 45% average increase in sales.
1: What I also think is interesting is the uh, sort of auditorial uh, AR, so the sound AR, the, the Bose glasses, Oh which, yeah, which I think I haven't tried it, but I, I like the concept about it. You know, that you're just uh, this information where you need it, when you need it, and it's not that intrusive that it's in your vision.
0: One of the things that uh, those Bose AR glasses are going to be really good for is, is they're they're designed for complete spatial audio. So yeah. let's say, for example, you're following Google Maps and you say, hey, I want to go here. And you're wearing your sunglasses, you're walking down the street, and the sound of where you need to go, so you make a left in 40 meters, it doesn't even need to tell you 40 meters. It just says, make a left up here. And the sound sounds like it's 10, 20 feet away from you. Yeah. By positioning the sound where you need to be people don't realize how sensitive their yeah. sound is and one of the things that blew my mind was the spatial audio on the magic leap
1: yeah the audio is always such a difficult nut to crack and uh, we tried to have it as a topic at VR days always but it's i don't know if you've ever had a conversation with a, with a technical sound person i have had many actually <laughs> <laughs> it's easily, easily sunk. It becomes so complex.
0: It is so complicated, and and know, they they tend to go off the rails really quickly. Yeah. One one second you understand what they're talking about, and the next you're like, I have no idea what's. Yeah, and then about. they just go
1: on. <laughs> Well, (laughs) no offense to all the sound people because you're so No, they're wonderful people.
0: I actually had the – I don't know if you've ever been to nightclubs and stuff, but I I used to be in the nightclub DJ business. I made DJ software, and I I ended up getting to meet the guy who made the Function One sound systems and the founder of Function One. And this guy went off about the difference between CD quality versus MP4s or MP3s rather, and he just went off on the quality. And I said, look, if you're not making your system – to work for the majority of people that are using MP3s, then you're in the wrong. I get it that you want the best quality sound, but the people that are coming into play on your sound systems are not bringing that. So you need to make your sound systems work with what everybody has. And I think in virtual and augmented reality, I think there's a ubiquitousness of headsets. There's tons and tons of headsets. They all have varying features. You got the Oculus Go, and then you got the Quest, and then you got the Vive Focus, and then you got Valve even came out with theirs. And there's going to be... Thousands and thousands of different brands of these headsets. They all have different varying features, but the common denominator of them all is that they have the ability to transport you somewhere, especially from a business standpoint. If you build your experience to be hardware agnostic from the very beginning, I think you'll eliminate a lot of these issues.
1: Yeah, but I I, I totally agree. But I think the sound part of transporting you in the virtual space is such, well, maybe even further developed than the than the quality of the displays. Agreed. And so important and so important to get Mm -hmm. you in that space and to guide you in that space. And I think there should be more attention to that because I think in the earphones and with the sort of the sensitiveness of that equipment is a lot further than the sensitiveness of the of the screens. You know, the pixels in all the HMDs, I think it's that's far from being perfect. Whereas sound and spatial sound, put some good earphones on and you have top quality.
0: Well, speaking of sound, have you tried the Nura headphones?
1: No, I haven't.
0: Uh, they're no. called Nuraphone, N-U-R-A, I'll look it up. N-U-R-A-P-H-O-N-E, Nuraphone. Uh, I tried them at CES this year and hands down the best headphones I've ever put on in my life, and I've had $500, $1,000 headphones before. These are, I think they, they retail for about 500 bucks, but they're custom. So they have an earplug and they go through this kind of algorithm. When you first yeah. buy them, you you run this algorithm and it runs a bunch of tones through your ears. And what it's doing is it's putting out sound and measuring how quickly it comes back. And it's giving you customized sound. So when you're listening to the headphones, they sound amazing. And then when you hit the custom button for your hearing, it's like somebody turns on the entire orchestra in front of you. Oh wow! I can't even explain it. I mean, my buddy and and me, we, we basically put them on and we looked at each other. As soon as we hit that button, we both looked at each other like, holy crap, this changes everything. And the one thing that they got amazingly right is when you hit the mute button, the music still plays very quietly, but now they have microphones on the outside of the headphones that pick up the person talking to you in front of you. So you can have a conversation with somebody without taking your headphones off, hear them clear as day, but the music is still playing very quietly in the background. Somebody comes to your desk, you want to have a quick conversation. You can just have a quick conversation, go back in your music and get back to work. All right. When the sound canceling is on you literally cannot hear anything. You could be screaming at somebody and you can't hear them. So for busy offices, stuff like that, where you've got a group of people working coding together, these headphones are incredible.
1: Not being sponsored by them. No, not at all. I wish they would
0: send me a pair, but uh, man, they are really good. They're 399 US. I might just buy a pair. So tell me, what are some of the other things that people can expect at VR Days from the business side of things? I know you have a business, healthcare, art, science... What
1: are some of the companies that show up and what are they presenting there? One of the big topics now is training and simulation. So we will have a summit on training and simulation where we'll have on stage big corporations and governments talking about how they're using training and simulation and and making real money there. Um, So from defense to police to companies like KLM, uh, Shell, Philips, companies that are really using VR for their business. Are you having Michael Calden back in the show from Shell? So I can't say at the moment, but we'll publish it. He's been on the podcast. That's why I asked. Okay. No, no. I haven't booked him yet, but uh, if you can recommend him, uh, please uh, connect us.
0: Absolutely. He, he does all of the XR uh, training for Shell and, and really incredible stuff they're doing. They're, they're using uh, virtual augmented reality for not only for training, but also... research, Being able... Uh, Research. Yeah. yeah. Being able to, so one of, one of the examples that he gave, which was incredible was they needed to remove uh, a generator, this giant generator machine out of a factory and then put a new one in. And so they 3d modeled the the factory and ran the simulation in VR and they were like, Oh, okay. So as we pull this thing out, nothing touches. And it's perfect. When they went to put the new machine in, they realized that there were certain pipes in the way that they would have had to move. So they did all this in the simulation in VR and they ended up saying, okay, well we need to move these pipes. So they move the pipes. Can you imagine if they didn't do that, they go to drop it in, the other one comes out, no problem. They go to drop the other one in. And now you're three or four days just trying to move the pipes because you didn't plan for that. And he said that alone saved them a couple million dollars just in that. And they're using these simulations for everything now. And it doesn't make any sense for us to not use it. (laughs) Here's a company that five years ago VR didn't exist, and now they're they're doing it for everything.
1: Yeah, so we will have a, a summit on that. We will look into a more industry 4.0, meaning VR in manufacturing and engineering, and we will do a session on 5G and what that means for the well, say the future of XR technology and the distribution and adaptation of XR. Furthermore, we'll bit in, in this space, seeing a bit of a comeback of the 360 with more 3DOF to 6DOF uh, 360 or 3DOF plus 360. So there's, I have a feeling. I think people got a little jaded with 360
0: because it's, oh, it's not real VR or whatever. But what I think people missed is the fact that 360 video is by far and away the most cost-effective way to provide training in an immersive way now companies like striver they're just putting 360 video adding some graphical context and giving amazing training scenarios just by using 360 video and i, I
1: think for a lot of companies that is enough for what they need yeah no definitely it's really a, a rise in 360 and not only in the, in the training area uh, i see it also with uh, with police work or insurance work going to see it in the healthcare space um so th- there there's a lot of work and interesting stuff going on there that's stuff we will be doing on the uh, more the enterprise uh, level and and then obviously in the expo where we have all the companies presenting their work presenting the tech uh, that's also a great place to uh, to get some inspiration going to do again big session on virtual humans because that's such an interesting development.
0: Virtual humans is so cool. I, I love the stuff that's being done in that space.
1: So, yeah, uh, we, we had a summit on it last year. It has to come back. And I want to do something, but it's in November, so I got, still got some time. But maybe this is something you can help me with. More on the consumer side. You know, XR, AR, VR on the consumer side. But This is really your uh, stronghold, right? Yeah, we we
0: really focus on the retail aspects. And one of the things that people don't consider VR and AR, they don't really group it in, is three-dimensional everything. So everything from education where you can bring three-dimensional learning, bring a heart into AR, three-dimensional retail. I know Amazon and Shopify, they're all working on this, the ability to have 3D models of your products. You want to sell a product online, you can put six photographs of it or you can just put one 3D model. And my opinion is that the world's going to move to 3D anyway, so you may as well just plan for it now and make it into a 3D model and you can do whatever you want with it after that.
1: Totally. And then we we will focus on location-based VR, stuff in the in more on the art side, on the cultural heritage space. There will be enough also for the for enterprise people to have some fun and other stuff.
0: I think a lot of enterprise people, they're really going to these events, looking specifically for my warehouse, or I'm looking for a solution for manufacturing or training. But I think the key to this is to go and try the location-based entertainment, to go and try what it's like to shoot a virtual gun or to try different things, try everything because what's going to end up happening and what, what I've seen happen, especially with us as well. Every time we go to one of these conferences, we try different things And you're like, oh, I never thought that was possible. Interacting with a virtual human, oh, maybe we could use that in this scenario. And so my recommendation to everybody listening is just try everything. Because the more you try, one, it it broadens your mind of what's possible, but also can inspire you to find different ways to use this technology in
1: your enterprise. Yeah, no, totally. And that's why at VR Days, we have all these subjects. We think it's... You know, the VR, AR, uh, these are converging worlds. They will come together at, at a certain point. But also all the things where what you develop on a storytelling level, you're going to use in a training simulation. So we're exploring all these worlds. And these are all converging in one virtual augmented extended reality world. So let me ask you,
0: are you going to start calling it XR days?
1: I don't know. Um, We've been discussing this for a couple of years already. First year, we were called Dutch VR Days. Then there were, came so many people from outside the Netherlands and we expanded our horizon. That's when we dropped Dutch and called it VR Days Europe. Now VR Days is a, it's also a brand name you have to be aware of. XR Days, I don't know if that's going to stick. I don't know. Hmm,
0: we'll we'll see. see. I'm betting on XR. You're betting
1: on XR. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, I think yeah, VR yeah. I, I like the the sound of the V, it's a bit soft. The X is is a bit too for me it's a bit too techy. Well, you guys are in
0: Amsterdam, you could call it triple XR days. <laughs>
1: <laughs> would have to work on the content though.
0: But that wouldn't you have three X's everywhere in, in Amsterdam. I couldn't figure it out. I was like, Oh, is this a red light district thing? But no, it's not. So I think you should also have a, a section celebrating the marriage of virtual reality and cannabis. Maybe have an area where you have a trippy area. Because I know VRLA, they had this area in the back where it was all these really trippy content. It was really cool. It was like uh, fractals and flying through space and sound bars and stuff like this. It was so nice to have a break from the video games and the, the industrial applications and stuff. So,
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree. But what, what we introduced two years ago is our uh, Philosopher's Salon. Ooh, nice. Uh, and so this is a yurt. And uh, I, I don't know if you know what a yurt is. is yes, yeah. do. Uh, oh, well, there you go. At VR Days, we have a yurt. Uh, you know, you take off your shoes uh, before you go in. It's, uh, it's called the Philosopher's Salon because every two hours we have conversation starters. And it's where you sit back, talk to each other, and um, have this tech-free space where we just sit and talk. I really love that. And I think that
0: this is really important in in a technology world where over 50% of our waking time is spent in front of digital content. No way. Yeah, that's the average in the world right now, in North America anyway. So if 50% of our day is spent looking at little digital screens, having that reflection period is vital. One of the things I'm starting to uh, play with is meditation. And being able to meditate in VR is actually quite beautiful. A lot of times I fall, <laughs> I fall asleep in it, but I, I wake
1: up and I'm- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, 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 no, no, totally. Well, I started meditating last year with VR days uh, heading. and should have started it 10 years I know right yes so uh, I'm all for it and we had a yogi master from (laughs) VR yogi but we had a true yogi master to to end our first uh, vision and impact conference on the first day and this was a guided meditation for uh, 600 people amazing yeah so come to VR days also for your doses of meditation Alan.
0: I really love it It, you guys have (laughs) thought of
1: everything so VR days (laughs) Is taking place when this year? It's November, November 13 to 15. With the first day on the Wednesday is the Vision and Impact Conference. That's when everybody is in one room in a nice, beautiful theater in the heart of Amsterdam, where we have compelling keynotes from across the board. And then the two, two consecutive days, we move to a big industrial space where we have our uh, conferences, say our, our healthcare conference, our enterprise training conference our our art conferences where we have the exhibition of 100 companies where we have the church of vr which is our selection of content say our sundance tribeca selection we have a creators lab where creators work on a new uh, project we have the philosopher salon we have the, the creators track where you really learn how to build vr yourself and we have a lot of fun. Sounds uh, amazing. And I, I think for anybody
0: <laughs> who's looking to learn really quickly to uh, immerse themselves in the world of virtual and augmented reality, mixed reality, I think there's no better way than to go to these conferences. Because as much as I've actually done some speaking in virtual conferences and they're great and I think they can save a lot of business travel, there's really no substitute for something like this because it's not about the technology really at all. It's really about the people and as long as we keep our mindset around making technology to serve people not the other way around i think it's going to be really a beautiful future that we have
1: yeah totally i'm i'm on board with what you're saying and um, we you know we hope to bring together all these eclectic and and great minds and um, this is our only goal
0: i think ultimately this technology will not only democratize education, but also create new ways of education that we never thought of. Yeah. As this moves to glasses, I'll be able to go and fix a nuclear reactor because I don't need to read the, all the textbooks about it. I just pull up the information that I need to fix it at the time.
1: Yeah, but still be careful, Anna.
0: <laughs> I, still, I still don't want to be fixing a nuclear reactor, but <laughs> 5G is going to enable a lot of these, these things. So Totally. Well, Benjamin, I, I want to ask one, one last question. Yeah. What problem in the world do you want to see solved using XR technologies? Oof. Didn't say it was going to be an easy podcast, my friend.
1: No, 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 no. <laughs> well, if, Well I think um, biases, biases we have, you know racial, sexual biases. I think if we could, could solve more of these, and I think VR has a lot of abilities there. So that's that will be my bet. That's
0: beautiful. We've had a, a wonderful conversation. So I wanna thank you again, Ben, for taking some time out of your busy schedule. Uh, VR Days is coming up really quickly. And is there anything, any last words you wanna uh, impart uh, on this podcast? I wanna thank you for having me. Oh man, thank you. It's my absolute pleasure. It's, this is a, a labor of love for me. I, I want the world to understand its transformative power and yeah and it's people like you that have put this effort in to bring communities together that is just really powerful so thank you
1: All right well then uh, I wish you a great uh, great day my friends and uh, we'll be in
0: touch And thank you everyone for listening. This has been the XR for Business podcast with your host, Alan Smithson. This podcast is another amazing example of how XR technologies are revolutionizing business across every industry. To learn more about VR Days Europe, visit vrdays.co. Ben, thank you so much. Goodbye. Being an influencer on LinkedIn in the XR field uh, really has opened up an opportunity For us to not only understand what corporations are looking for in virtual augmented mixed reality and artificial intelligence, but also from the aspect of the startup studios, developers, and enthusiasts out there and what they need. So what we decided to do after getting hundreds and hundreds of messages is to open up XR Ignite to the entire XR community of startups, studios, individuals, passionate people, and really to build a new community that brings together everybody who's passionate about this technology for a low cost and allow them to contribute, to learn, and to get better across the whole industry. That is really the reason why we started XR Ignite, to hyper-accelerate the XR for business industry, business and education. And one of the things that we just keep noticing is that there's so many resources out there. There's the VRAR Association, which we're partners with. There are reports coming out daily, but there's no one source where people can come together and start just having conversations around how to get better in this industry. And that's why we started XR Ignite. I would encourage anybody who's listening to this podcast, if you're in the corporate side, if you're a startup, if you're an individual, if you're an enthusiast, sign up today at xrignite.com, and you'll be getting access to new reports, investor lists, media lists, exclusive content, interviews with our mentors. We have over 56 mentors. And if you're a startup and you pay an annual fee, you'll actually have the opportunity to book a one-on-one, one-hour call with one of the mentors. What we're doing with that is we're actually recording those sessions, we're transcribing them, taking out any personal information, and we're making those transcripts available to all members. So I think XR Ignite is going to drive a lot of value for anybody in this industry who's looking to up their game and also for corporates who want a real insight as to what technology is coming out. So I would encourage everybody to sign up at xrignite.com, and I really look forward to driving value, executing on our mission to hyper-accelerate XR for business and education.